Netflix book club. Netflix book club. Yeah, I'm not doing this. Welcome to Netflix book club, everybody. Episode 52. I'm uh, Dennis Rooney. I'm sitting here. Steve McDonald. And our very special guest today, John Trucin, everybody. Greetings, Earthlings. Yay. Thank you for being on, man. Uh, anything you'd like to plug at the top? What do I need to plug? I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm the, kind the, of a big The podcast. Show. Which podcast? Your podcast. We don't do it anymore. You don't really. do it anymore? No, we don't do it anymore. Full Frontal Radio? Full Frontal Radio. You can, you can listen to Full there. Frontal Radio. It's out there. It's Go find it. If you like, like sick humor. And by the way, it's hilarious. Yeah, of course. It's very funny. It's deeply troubling, but funny. It is deeply troubling. <laughs> uh, so check that out. Uh, check us out. You've already found us, but if you haven't already, please subscribe on iTunes. Tell your friends. Tweet at us at Flix Book Club. Tell us a movie recommendation. Argue with us our points. Whatever, whatever. You that want. would be good. I would like to do an episode soon. That somebody else's recommendation. That someone wanted us to do. Right. Like well, we had a comment on our SoundCloud. somebody from the internet. I got. I'll tell you that after the episode. Actually, someone called you out on uh, an episode of something. I forget what the movie was, but. After you made a point, her comment pops up on the SoundCloud that was like, uh, does he really think that? And I was like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> and it was in French, too. I had to translate it. <laughs> I had to translate nice. it. She was like, he really thinks that? I like that. Um, so this Good. Week, I'm glad that someone in French is questioning me. Yeah. As always, those Frenchies. So uh, we watched The Thin Blue Line this week. Normally, the guest will throw out a couple picks, and I'll narrow it down, or I'll maybe snatch one immediately. John Trusen heard that Tim Gage was going to be on, and he said, I need to be on the week after, and I want to do The Thin Blue Line. And I think it has something to do with all this uh, How to Make a Murderer hype. Making a Murderer nonsense. Absolutely, because I watched Making a Murderer like everybody else who got sucked into that whole thing. Right. And I, you know, spent 13 and a half hours of my life, or whatever the heck it was, and I got to the end and said, that was trying to be a Thin Blue Line and didn't make it. Yeah. Because I saw Thin Blue Line like 25 years ago. Did you did you see this in theater? No, it was only no. released in like one theater. Uh, you know or what? Something like that. No, I didn't see it in theaters, but the I the person who suggested that I see it did. Oh yeah, that it was you know it was impressive. So you saw it pretty early on though, and yep. like when this movie came out, was it was there like a ripple that were people talking about this, or yes. was it a really slow build? No, it well it was critically acclaimed. Mm-hmm. Like critics loved it. Yeah, it didn't make it into the Oscars for weird reasons like. Certain there's, scripted there's, scenes, there's right? reenactments in it, which yeah. is one of, you know, now you see that all the time, especially on the TV sort of docudramas. Yeah. This was one of the first things to really use that technique. And so it didn't make it into the documentary category, but they left it out of the regular best film category, but it made like a ton of top 10 lists. Oh, so from it got critics snubbed completely from the Oscars. It was, yeah, but uh, uh, a gentleman from the movie spoke at the Academy Awards. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's nice. So so that's why you you essentially picked this movie is just, you felt like yeah, How I to Make a Murderer and Not Living Up to the Hype, no payoff. The Thin Blue Line does it better in an um, hour and 40 minutes. Well, it's, it's a public service of me to the folks that listen to you fine gentlemen uh, because I want to save like 12 hours of their lives <laughs> because rather than sit through making a murderer, watch a Thin Blue Line, better pay off, now you got 12 hours to do stuff. Fair enough. So you're going to give this a stream. It you like the, it holds up? How? When was the last time you saw this? Uh, I actually watched it uh, two days ago, just because I knew I was going to talk with you fellas. No, yeah, this. that's the rule. You gotta watch yeah, the no, movie. I watched okay. it. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> no, but when did you watch it before that? I mean, like, when was the last um, time you had seen it? A few years ago. Okay, so I, I, I will revisit it occasionally because I think it's an interesting film, and there's parts that make me laugh, except that that a guy's like life hung in the balance. Yeah. Well, that kind of makes it even funnier though. That yeah. they're so it's heavy. It's a very heavy movie and um yeah, I got to go stream it. I really I like I wish I can go back in time and give Central Park 5 a don't stream it. 
Why? Because I like this one so much more. Because listen, <laughs> forget, forget. Listen, this is our our two weeks of very uh, nonfiction docudramas going on. Yeah. Uh, if I'm looking at them from a purely cinematic perspective and not thinking about people's lives hanging in the air, mm-hmm. this movie is so much more entertaining. Well, th- this is this is sort of the great granddaddy of all those films. Yeah. You know, yeah. This, they this started it the, all, right? Yeah, this started all, all that type of film. Yeah. And I, I want to read, this is what it says on the movie poster, which is just, now keep in mind, these are real people. Like you said, lives are hanging in the air. Mm-hmm. Someone's died. A cop has died. Mm-hmm. And here's the tag is, a softcore movie, Dr. Death, a chocolate milkshake, a nosy blonde, the Carol Burnett show, solving this mystery is going to be murder. It sounds like a fake, like God. a fake movie. Like it sounds like a, like a. The guys from Mad Men wrote that. Yeah, I'm <laughs> not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. Like any time that I see, like if you go back and you watch trailers for amazingly good movies right. from the 1970s, or if you, or if you go back and you read ads for like really good art so or really corny. good drama yeah. from the 70s, it's always the worst thing ever. <laughs> it's always like. I mean, it's one of those things that's like, that's how they, like, uh, like, with, like I watched The Exorcist, and I was wow. like, the trailer for The Exorcist yes. is the funniest, right. awful. It really like, takes in, you out. In those days, it had to be Socko. You know, right. like, yeah, no matter like, what they were advertising, it's going to be Socko. We need snappy, like, snappy copywriting for this. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this I, I'm going to give it a stream it. I mean, Steve, what did you think? You'd, you'd seen it before, right? Yeah, I've seen it a couple times. Uh, it's a... It really is kind of like the, like it's the granddaddy of these of like this type of movie, mm-hmm. um, at all. Like somebody's innocent. Like even just like a crime documentary of like retelling a murder right. or anything like that. Like uh, if you're ever trying to if you're ever trying to do that in a film, um, I I make documentary films with people. So like I. Nice. Whenever we have to do that, it's like you kind of revisit this. There's like a couple things you revisit to try and like to try and like know how stones. to do it. Yeah, there are touchstones yeah, yeah. of like, oh, we could do it like that. Uh, this is one of them. Uh, hilariously, though, the first time that I saw this, I hated it, mm-hmm. and really? um, and it was because, and I realized just this morning, I was thinking like, why did I hate it so much? And it was because I saw it in college, and um. And it was during a class that I had that was that was like a four and a half hour class. Oh, uh, okay. And and in that it, like that day of that class, we had to watch two different documentaries, and they were both on crime and they were both on murder things. And this was the second one we watched. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember the first one that we watched, but I hated the first <laughs> one. <laughs> I hated it. I like kinda, it was just really, it was really boring, and it was like three hours long or something like that. Oh, like it was close yikes. to three hours long, and I was, I was, you know, nineteen and wanted to sleep, <laughs> and uh, and then they put this on, and it was like from the moment it was on, it was on when I was nineteen, I was like. 1970s people talking about a murder. Go fuck yourself. We're <laughs> yeah. done. Well, it does. We're if you done. don't, if you don't go into this movie with a little bit of open arms, like if you have those, if you have, if you're a teenager now, you're not going to be able to enjoy this movie because you're just too. What do you think about teenagers? What Why yeah. must you attack teenagers? Because they. Well, can't, I will. This I movie will happily corny. attack teenagers on this one because the thing is, is that there's Teenager. this moment. I mean, this has this. <laughs> 
this movie this movie has a bit of like the John Mulaney bit where it's like where it's like what did you do as a cop before DNA? <laughs> yeah. Where it's just like right. The where it's like sir, we found a pool of the killer's blood, and it's like gross. Clean it up. It's, <laughs> Like that's the that's the millennium yeah. bit, and that's what I felt like with this movie is that it's like is that you just consistently are like are are like man you just got nothing to go with here huh it's yeah. just a bunch of people and conjecture mm-hmm. uh, we'll get into that in a minute but uh, I definitely go with I definitely go with stream it um, nineteen year old me was very wrong uh, <laughs> it's a very good movie <laughs> as always nineteen year old me was very very wrong, wrong. Uh, <laughs> uh, so watch it or don't watch it or keep listening but we're gonna have spoilers in the next part and uh, maybe we'll talk you into watching it but don't watch making a murderer I, th- I haven't watched it but you know what it, it's making a murderer I'm not gonna say don't watch it because I said but it's if you're looking for that fix it, if, if you're looking for the big payoff or you're looking for the you know the wow moment or you know people are, are just clearly there's irregularities in the uh, investigation in that film and stuff like that but i watched 13 hours and came out going he still might be guilty you know very easily i uh if if you want if you want a more updated mm-hmm. really messed up murder that's gonna take you like six or seven hours then you need to watch uh the jinx that's a great that that was far superior to making uh, a murder i think yes that was great i haven't that's seen that thing. one that was really you good. should watch that one i heard about yeah. that that's because that's it's really messed guy, up i don't know we give that an impromptu stream it the jinx yeah. is really good yeah yeah Man, if HBO, it was right if it was yeah HBO mini- if ah. it was on netflix i would have us do it as a mini series and make us do it but at the same I'd time kill you. if you made me watch seven hours <laughs> and do seven episodes of, oh but it was good this, which by the one. way after this episode I've said this I don't know if I said this last week we're gonna lighten it up I don't know who we're having on next week but we've I done, told we've our, done, I told our next guest we have to lighten it yeah, up it's gotta be, we did Ida a black and white Polish drama where someone kills himself it's horrible it's, a nun uh, finds uh, out she's Jewish we did uh, the th- we did the thin blue line now last week we did Central Park 5 we got a what did we do before? Well, Ida? actually, when you told me that, I my my second choice. You said oh, only yeah, my right. choice. Well, my second choice was Goon. Oh, I would have watched. Have well, you seen that would have been fun. I like Goon. We've all seen that. Would have been too easy, though. I'd say there's a yeah. lot of meat to talk about on mm-hmm. this, and uh, we'll get back in a minute right after this clip. And we're back. All right. So the original granddaddy of them all. We kind of skipped this in the beginning. So real quick, basically this case is presented as such. A cop pulls over uh, this car, has its headlights off, probably just going to tell him. Well, we assume we think probably had its headlights off, probably just going to tell him, turn your headlights on, walks up to the driver's side, gets shot like five times. Mm -hmm. Uh, His woman partner, and yeah, I think that is important that it's a woman partner, and I'll get to it. Gets out of the car. In the sexist world of wow. 1980s, well, they were all of, over that. One of yeah. the first <laughs> Dallas police officers, who was a woman, mm-hmm. is yeah. drinking a chocolate milkshake. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> the funniest crime scene sketches, chocolate liquid. Yes, <laughs> chocolate liquid and a squiggly line. <laughs> all right, so basically, this cop gets shot. The woman doesn't follow procedure. And also, we can't figure out who did it, whether it was Randall Adams, a drifter who had ran out of gas earlier that day, got picked up by 16-year-old David Harris, uh, they go get gas, get the car running, then they hang out for the rest of the day. They drink some beer, they smoke some weed, they go to a drive-in movie, and then this is where we're not sure what really happens. Yeah, Harris says that they continued to hang out, and then that uh, 
that Randall got pulled over and shot the officer with Harris's gun. Mm-hmm. Randall says that Harris dropped him back off at his motel where his brother was, denied Harris a place to sleep for the night. Harris was 16. He had run away. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and stolen the car. And stolen yeah. the car, too. That's important. Which is, yeah, yeah. This kid's on a crime spree. Uh, but Randall Adams goes back to the motel and claims that he watched a little bit of TV, watched the news, and went to sleep. And then gets picked up later on for uh, allegedly killing this cop, which he says he wasn't there. He says Harris probably did it. And the Thin Blue Line is a documentary about what happened that night, what really happened. Or what maybe happened. Or what maybe happened. Because we don't... I mean, we know now. So do that's we, the big spoiler of the movie. Is, do we know? Do we know? No, I wasn't there. This whole thing could be made up, too. Like, <laughs> if I, if I, t- if I tell <laughs> This could be a made-up story of course that someone made a movie about. It. I, of course I believe yeah. it. How would I know? You know what I mean? That's actually an interesting thing to think about. There's always been just a little bit of me that wants to make um, that wants to make a fake documentary about a case that just doesn't exist. <laughs> like a Spinal Tap crime drama, but it's guess, not funny. Yeah. It's just really serious it's and just mortifying really serious. and fucked up. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Do you think Errol Morris made this film to, with the intention of trying to get Randall Adams released? Or do you think he just made this film because he was All right, captivated here, here's by the Here's the fun fact, because sure. I know the answer. Okay. The answer is... He was making a documentary about James Gregson, Dr. Dr. Death, yes. mm-hmm. but then was sort of taken in by the interviews with Randall Adams, felt that he was innocent, and then took it in that direction. Yeah. yeah. Because Dr. Death was a guy who just was a psychiatrist who would just testify against people in Dallas and pretty much say that everybody was a, a psychopath and should be put to I death. I think at the time blah, blah, blah. it was very hard to get a sentence for the death penalty without having a... Psych- psychiatrist or psychologist right. saying that if yeah. they will hurt someone again, and this is the guy who would yeah. just uh, just say everybody. Was yeah, he would do it. Yeah, he's probably hundred percent of the time, every time. And also, he's saying that about Randall Adams, a guy who has no criminal record, no violent history at all. But this psychologist is saying if you don't put this guy to death, he'll ki- he'll kill again. <laughs> and Randall yeah. Adams is like, okay, so that's my first question. So you think, but do you think? So it started with Doctor Death. Do you think it eventually became? Like he was trying to get him out of jail or he was just trying to make a good documentary? I think he was trying to investigate the case more fully mm-hmm. and um, getting him out of jail may have been a, you know, something that, that yeah. uh, as it got legs became more of a, a, a point of the whole thing. I think I think because I've gone down this rabbit hole with different projects as well. Um, the separation between yourself and your art. You know, no, like it's how not involved even, can you get? It's you not even. Be no, it's it's specifically with crime things. Is um is he wanted to know that uh, like Errol Morris wanted to know the truth, right? He didn't. It doesn't matter what the truth is. Like like he could be innocent, he could be guilty, he could be whatever. But at a certain point, it becomes murky enough. While you like live with these interviews and you live with trying to edit these different things and everything like that, that you just want to know what the fuck actually yeah. happened. That's actually, yeah. I, I did read that somewhere where uh, someone had accused him years later with the this movie of being very uh, very modern, like modernistic in terms of art, and he just kind of laughed and was like, no, I was just seeking truth. Like, I just wanted to know what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, bottom line, what really happened that night. Because there's a certain point where it's like, where it's like, it's, it's a bunch of people on one side going, well, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. look at all the facts. And it's a, somebody on the other side going, none of the facts line up. Yeah. And the it's only other person... Going, Who's on your side is Roseanne, and who even knew she practiced law? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. When she popped up, first of all, very distracting. That growth <laughs> that, that, on her eyeball. Yes. What was she really? You're you're in a movie. Get the get the necessary uh, cosmetic surgery. 
the, the woman had a mole the size of another head, like just yeah. uh, up in her eye. It was, it was <laughs> troubling. It was troubling. She was great, though. She was a great character. She reminded yeah. me. I mean, we've done once a lot again. Of it's a the seventies, okay? Just that's right. It, yeah, that's right. This actually predates you, but she reminded me of Aunt B from the Andy Griffith show. Sorry, she's the lovable old, uh, you know, the lovable old Southern aunt. You know, just the she was the equivalent to the old Jewish juror in the Central Park Five, who was like <laughs> oh, uh, just yeah. that classic New York archetype of like. He is an old Jewish guy, but he's like, yeah, but I don't think I don't know if these black kids did it. Like, just I don't know. I, I don't, don't know, know what if happened. They did it. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't. You know. I, how can I be sure? I can't be. I can't be sure of anything that's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then I was in the I was in the jury room, and it was you know it was twelve to against me, and that's what happened. I, you know, I got tired. But this that woman, is exactly, by the way, if funny, you haven't yeah. seen the Central Park Five, tired. that is exactly what happened to that guy. <laughs> oh, that's worth man. that's worth a watch. If you want to see, because I mean, making a murderer happens, I assume, in the South. This happens down in Dallas, where I don't, I'm not actually, saying Dallas. Making a murder, making a murder happens in Wisconsin. Yeah, like up in the Milwaukee <laughs> oh. area. That's where like a lot of serial killing takes place, because people are bored. That weird Midwest. You oh, yeah. You got your yeah. Dahmer up there, you when got you your, see, your, your Ed Gein up there. You got a lot, a lot of when classic you see, serial dude, killers. Ed Gein, here's the thing. <laughs> We're gonna talk Ed no, Gein. No, no, right, we're gonna talk Ed fun. Gein for a sec. Because <laughs> I worked on a, I worked on uh, on a feature film. Okay. That was called Cyrus, mm-hmm. uh, where where hilariously it was so low budget that uh, that like I was a gr- I was gripping on it, so I was just I'm like setting up lights and stands and stuff like that, and uh, and I ended up being one of the people that got killed by the serial killer in the movie. Oh, that's nice. fun. Uh, that's a good credit. Which was, it's fun um, because we were all just sitting on the set dreaming up ways that he could kill us because we wanted new ways that he could kill us. Right. Um, <laughs> and because it was like, if you came up with a cool way for him to kill you, you got to do it. You got to be in the movie. Nice. And, uh, and so mine was that he broke my, he broke my knee sideways with a, uh, with a big wrench, with like a Ooh. huge wrench Ooh. that they just had on the farm. Wow. Which, to the extent, was that like when we set it up, it was like a fake leg inside uh, uh, the pair of pants I was wearing, like connected to a C stand. Like I'm standing ten feet away. It doesn't. It's not a leg. It doesn't look like it's connected to me in any way. But in the shot, they like hit it with a wrench. It bent sideways, and everyone on set, knowing full well this is a fake leg, went oh. <laughs> and I was like, I'm gonna be in this movie. That's and it, uh, baby, there you go. But that was the the killer they had in that serial killer movie was supposed to be based on Ed Gein. So then I started looking up Ed Gein, and I was like, this guy killed like eight people. He like made lamps out of them. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. He would wear but them too. He would he was, wear he was them. Buffalo Bill. Yeah, he was Buffalo Bill. Out those not a big numbers guy. He wasn't putting up big yeah, numbers. Yeah, but like he killed like five six people, mm-hmm. and like oh, every weird. serial killer movie is based off of him. Mm-hmm. And then you start looking at other serial killers, and it's like there are so many other serial killers well, quality, like, that just killed wearing, so many more people. When you're wearing skin as a mask, though, that's a great hook. Yeah, quality, it really man, is. not quantity. And, and, and plus, he was a very glib. That. And the guy I was interviewed, and they they had one of these reenactments on on a documentary I was watching on him. And the cop asked him, you know, because he used to wear the skin masks of his victims. Yeah. And he said, "Well, you know, how long did you wear the the skin for?" And he said. Never more than say a half hour. I had things to do. Of course he did. <laughs> he did. He was a busy man. <laughs> I like I like a responsible, hardworking serial killer. <laughs> I got a um, question about. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this lady, which I didn't which even write one? down her name. The the female cop who's not following this lady. procedure. Listen. You're one of the first female cops in Dallas. All right, Dallas is already a hard nosed town. It's the '80s. You know what I mean? Like women. I'm not saying this is how I feel, but like. 
you're getting a little opportunity. Was it the seventies or was it the eighties? No, it's eighty. Uh, wait, right? Well, no, the oh, film is eighty eight, oh, and yeah, he's been right. in prison like twelve years, so That's it had right. to be the seventies. It was the seventies. Right. Yeah. Okay, good point. So yeah, it's the seventies. Come on, you're you're not following procedure. By the yeah. way, is there a worse non-alcoholic drink she could have been drinking? <laughs> and a chocolate, <laughs> chocolate milk Burger King. A Burger King. A Burger King, a Burger King malt. chocolate. That is, yeah. That's so a, she, and she can't malt, remember the license. Shake. That's a milkshake. That's a milkshake. not a malt. Well, they called it a malt a couple times. Yeah, well, they're wrong. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's that Midwest, like, no, 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 no. It's no, pop. No, 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 no. It's pop. Yeah. Um, yeah, so she doesn't follow procedures. She fires shots at the car. She can't remember the make of the car, the model of the car. She doesn't know the license plate. Is it a Vega or a Comet? She doesn't know. <laughs> like, how yeah. how did this woman get this job to begin with? I, I want to see the documentary about this lady, like the aftermath. Like where She's uh-huh. probably selling insurance somewhere, you know what I mean? And yeah, what did happen to her? I don't know. We need I to hope, do some research. I hope her car crashed into the blonde's car. The blonde uh-huh. with too much makeup is my favorite person. Talk about her, please. Why? And, and Mrs. <laughs> Why Miller, the, the witness person? lady. That's him. Yeah. He did it. She was. What? She was. That woman. If you watch her speak for more than twelve seconds and you don't know she's completely out of her mind, yeah. you can't function in society. She was as crazy as. She actually says at one point. I l- I'm always solving murders. You know, sometimes yeah. they happen yeah. around my house. I'm like, what? What? Yeah, there's, <laughs> murders. there's murders <laughs> happening around your house? She says that. I'm like, how do you not know this lady's insane? Yeah. She's, you know, beating well, cops and at the same the time, <laughs> like, man, the 70s and the 80s must have been a magical time. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm looking at you because I was not <laughs> there, conscious there, there enough it was to know. Movie. Like, it must have just been, because nowadays... We just like look at people and we're just like, man, I'm going to go back to YouTube. <laughs> like, <laughs> like we just. Wow. That's a very great summary of this generation. Our right? generation just gives up on crazy people so fast. <laughs> like we just immediately are like, nope, that guy's crazy. And we move on. But the 80s, like the 70s and the 80s, man, you guys like built cults around them. Well, see, one of the You guys were like, you're crazy. I'm going to follow we you. Love well, you. I, I, I didn't follow her, but what we would, seriously, this is not completely uh-huh. serious. What we, if we found somebody who we thought was crazy, we would like sort of throw gasoline on the fire to see how much crazier we could make them be. Right. And that's, we yeah. absolutely did that. And with a woman like this, though, that's so dangerous, <laughs> though. This yeah. woman, all right, so this woman drives by. Going probably thirty miles an hour. Let's right. assume yeah. at night it's yeah. dark. She's yeah. in the passenger seat, so she's not say, even on the in good the passenger side. Seat. Yeah, and then she testifies in court, yelling at the yelling in the courtroom, pointing pointing at, pointing at uh Randall Adams. That's my Adams. favorite thing was yeah. the pointing. Yes, <laughs> Did the court the courtroom. It was him. That was him. One finger just. The courtroom painting of her is horrific. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's scary. What happens those, by the way? John, what's the deal with courtroom paintings? Like, why are there so many and what's the well, purpose? Back in, back, in the, back in the day, it was oh, illegal to have cameras in a courtroom. It's still... So the, the, the You court still can't. In, most, in, in a lot of states uh, and different federal courts, like, uh, even like the Supreme Court doesn't allow cameras. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. yeah. So they allow the audio... A lot, of them, a lot of them will allow audio recording... Um, some of them won't even allow that, but I think nowadays audio recording is pretty, mm-hmm. pretty like, mm-hmm. uh, ubiquitous. But but you can um, go in. So there's people setting up shop with easels. Yeah, or are they oh, going yes, in absolutely. like no. courtroom sketch Absol- artist was yeah. a job that it yeah. still is. Yeah, like they're like that must be an awesome gig. That's why. What I, happens to all those paintings? No, though? it can't be an awesome gig. Have you ever been in a courtroom during a trial? Yeah, but you don't have to it care about the, the trial. It is the most boring thing in the world. Yeah, but you just have to paint a picture. At least you got something to do. Yeah, it's That's better than true. painting a still life. Yeah. 
That's true because I'm gonna be sitting there while the trial's going on, doodling as well. But my <laughs> my shit's not going on the news. You're gonna so. hand in a stick figure, and they're like, "Yeah, mine's Mr. gonna McDonald, be this mine's is gonna be a stick figure with a monster next to it." <laughs> Because I got bored. There was actually a female comic named Lois Dengrove whose mother was uh, one of the country's most renowned courtroom sketch artists. There's a hierarchy? She was more renowned yes. than oh, the yeah. other ones? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. There I'll was, say th- there these ones look great. They did look Yeah. Good. They look like the folks. Can you buy those, though? Like, what happens to You know them? what? That's, that's a good point. I'm going to look them up. Because I would, like, if I could get one of the courtroom paintings from the, the Thin Blue Line. That would be cool. That would be That'd great. be cool. That would be really cool. There is probably, we're talking about this, like, amazed by it. There is probably an entire, like, eBay subculture. Like, somebody's got a magazine on this yeah, that they write every month where it's, like, court reporting monthly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, I got a question. Do Uh-oh. you think... Now, granted, Randall Adams was picked up by Harris. The 16-year-old stops for the 28-year-old because he yeah. sees him walking with a gas can. Yeah, it's just a gas. It helps him out. But they spend the rest of the day together and kind of hang out, drink, smoke weed, and they go to a softcore porn movie, which is, once again, it's the 70s where it's like that doesn't mean anything Dude, that's, necessarily. that's but the same like, thing. That is the exact same thing that I have where it's like the 70s and the 80s were just a magical time. You just do that? Nothing well, because back in the, like, like you hear all these stories from the 70s and the 80s that are just like, saw a guy walking with a gas can, thought to myself, well, I'll pick him up. <laughs> He's a drifter. Hell no. Hell no now. Uh, Nowadays, no. If you're 16 years old now, you're like, that guy's going to rape me. Like, He's going to set me on fire. Like, you've seen 90 episodes of To Catch a Predator, <laughs> and you're done. You're like, no, that's not happening. I once drove a guy, I ran into a guy in a service area outside Philly, uh-huh. and I gave him a ride to New York City. That's awesome, though. And was he cool? It was okay, but I did, t- A, I totally checked them out. I was like, all right, I can kick the crap out of this guy if anything okay. goes down. Yeah. Um, you know, if the guy if the guy looked even marginally dangerous, yeah. you know. It I, kill- I want to live in that world, though, where I can pitch, pick up hitchhikers and stuff. One time when I was in college, we were going on like a four-hour trip to like another school, and we saw some kid like on the side of the highway, kind of in the middle of nowhere with just like a backpack walking and his thumb out. And I was like, let's pick him up. Let's pick-. And everyone in the car was like, you're insane. I'm like, there's three of us. Like, what are we going to do? This kid looks like he's 16 too. You know what I mean? But I mean, I don't know if we picked him up. Would we go to a soft core porno drive-in drinking beer and smoking pot together just sitting next to each other watching a double Well, feature? no, that's the other thing is, is like, is, you know, I've, I talk to different people every once in a while, like, Maybe this would make more like you guys might talk to people that have this happen because you because you deal with comedians who like don't have lives. Like, whoa, whoa, okay, wow, go that's ahead. a bold <laughs> statement. Pretty no, it's fun. a very it's a very true statement. I work one hour a day at ten p.m. Uh, all day long, you do nothing. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> this okay. is wow. you know hey i'm just saying this that's is the that dream, yeah. every on the road middling comedian that's half their act half their act is uh right before i come in to do this i do nothing all day i jerk off nine times <laughs> like that joke i've heard so many times yeah. is that like well that's because the guys who do that joke aren't working on their act all day yes yeah, that's, that's true. true yeah uh but the like i've never had the experience of like I went to, like, like ah, it was the middle of the day. I went to a diner to grab some food. I got into a random conversation with a guy sitting next to me. And then me and that guy decided to go do stuff that day. <laughs> yeah. And hang out. And I'll have a new friend. Yeah. Not in, acceptable. In Tallahassee or wherever. That's the forerun- like, That's like the forerunner of Tinder. It's yeah. like you just yeah. talk to people and it was like, okay. Yeah. yeah. And now, if you just talk to people... 
you're a crazy person. That's right. At least in this part of the country. I had that happen in, uh, I remember I was walking around a, a Menards in Michigan. A Maynards? My, no, it's a Menards. <laughs> it's a Menards. It is not a, uh, it's not a, it is not a singer from the band Tools. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Shop. But. We, I was walking around Menards, and there was like a guy who didn't work there was just like, "Hey, do you need help with something?" And I was like, "What the fuck? Uh, yeah, is I need you to leave me alone right now." <laughs> and then I realized I'm in the Midwest, so like I'm in Michigan, oh, and yeah. uh, and and that was when I realized like, "Oh, you're just nice people. Like you're, you're just, just nice trying person. to be nice." But do we think that Randall Adams was a creep? Like the fact that it's one thing to accept a ride from a 16 year old to go get gas. Then to spend because this is twelve year age difference. Like, is Randall Adams a but gay guy who is maybe like, hey, maybe I could have sex with this younger guy? I, I don't know. First of all, uh huh, there was a great difference between a sixteen year old then and now. Yeah, sixteen year olds then were fairly adult. That's true. Sixteen year olds now are babies. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, twenty eight year olds now are babies. Yeah, yeah, like. It was. It's, it's amazing no, it how quickly between between like 1975 and now it went from like much like it was in like in like 1750 and now where it was like when you were 16 you were married and had a farm and three kids. Mm-hmm. And yeah, at least we, in the 70s you were like I'm 16. I'm an independent adult. Nobody knows where I am. Nobody knows what I'm doing with myself. But we agree it's weird that it's Randall weird. Adams spends it, it the rest could of the day be sketchy. With him. Do you think he? Do you think he might have been? I think. Well, no. This is my thing well, is is that I think that it's weird that he. Uh, I think that it's weird that he spent the rest of the day with him at all. Yeah. Not even like like. But I would think it's weird that he spent the rest of the day with him if the if uh, the sixteen year old was thirty. Like I would just think it's weird. It's like, weird that anyone <laughs> spent any time together. <laughs> just the fact that it's like I got picked up by a random person. Who had who just is gonna drive me wherever, and then we decided, you know what? Let's grab some beer and some weed. I just watch realized softcore porn. Hey, at one point, Randall Adams says that the kid showed him all his guns and stuff. Yeah. He said, "Well, you better put them in the trunk." It's like at that point, maybe you go check, please. I'm out. But yeah, that also- was my main thing. Was that I was <laughs> like, he kept pulling out a gun, and I kept saying, eh, "Put it away." <laughs> No. First of all, it was Texas and it was the 70s. That's true. That's true. It was Texas. It was the 70s. I mean, you could just say it's Texas. <laughs> yeah. uh, that would still happen today. Um, but along with the rest of the case, my, my favorite thing also was with the blonde lady mm-hmm. was, uh, was the black guy that she's with where she's like, black people don't want to get involved in anything. <laughs> That was maybe the most sensible thing she said. I, I love that. I love that she, no, she turned him in for something. No, but I yeah, love. Right? Oh I my love. God. Not only did she turn him in for something, but I love that she's like, black people don't want to get involved in anything. And the only thought that I had was, 1977 or whatever it was, <laughs> black guy, Texas. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, I don't want to get involved in anything. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Like, is that a joke? Like, he's a black guy. He doesn't want to get involved with the cops in Texas in 1970. Like, yeah, she's like, slow like down. This guy was, like, this guy was very possibly, like, at the Martin Luther King speech in D.C. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's how recent that was to him and his generation. Uh. And, he, and she's like, you want to talk to the cops in Texas? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we haven't even mentioned, like, my flat-out favorite guy in the whole thing. Hold on, let me think, let me think. Okay. Is it one of the sheriffs? Yeah, my favorite guy is, like, for my money, a Saturday Night Live sketch waiting to happen, except 
a guy's life is in the balance. Is it Doctor Death? No. Okay. Doctor Death was pretty. He's creepy. great though. I do. He's I wish creepy. we could have heard from him. I don't think he had any interviews in the in the mm-hmm. uh, movie, right? No. I would have loved to have heard. He just had he, a picture of him. like his voice. I want to hear what his voice sounds like. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Who was your favorite guy? I loved the third surprise witness, who I actually have his name here. Um, Michael Rendell, who oh, wait, I call Total Recall guy. Oh my god! Because he's like. I'm a salesman. I have total recall, photographic memory. I was driving. I saw a blue car. Well, it might have been green. Well, it might have been a bus. I'm not sure whether it was a bus. It could have been some sort of transportation. (laughs) I was going southbound. No, maybe I was crossing the street. I don't know. It was the guy said he had total recall and then just contradicted himself. Every it was hilarious to watch. But I'm going. This guy put somebody on death row. I know. Classic example though of like. Because watching this made me realize, like, if you run a camera on someone for a long enough time and ask them the same questions over and over and over, I'm convinced they will eventually start telling different, like, contradicting details. Yeah. Just because the camera's been rolling for so long. This guy was probably in that room 15 minutes, I'd say. <laughs> and he just immediately sells himself out. And absolutely, he's totally a sketch yes. like, waiting to happen. Total recall guy why is you, a character. Why would you preface it? Like, no one's putting any pressure on you. Like, we're just asking you what you think you saw. And he's like, no, 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 listen. I know exactly what happened. <laughs> and then just constantly second-guessing himself. Yeah, you're right. It's hilarious. It was very funny to watch. Yeah. Uh, very, very scary that this... But uh, they, that that's... We're talking about pre-DNA. Eyewitness accounts were a big deal, and eyewitness accounts are horrible. Yeah. They've yeah, proven really that time bad. and again. That's the worst kind of uh, Even testimony. Even like good, you know, proximity-wise, a good eyewitness is not... Yeah. They did, did, you ever, did you ever see this show they have on... I think it's called Mind Games where they just do like little experiments and stuff. No. They did one where somebody was at a counter, like dealing with a, yeah. a counter person, like at a car rental place or something, and the guy would bend down and a completely different guy would come up who didn't even really look like him and 80% of the people didn't even notice. Yeah. Like, wow. That's, that's <laughs> wow. Scary. It is scary. But that's what an eyewitness testimony yeah. is. It's and like these people, people don't were, pay attention to anything. These are All three of these eyewitnesses were people who drove by. Keep that in mind. Yes. Drove well, and by also, at night. At night. Also, the the thing with eyewitnesses is is that it's been proven time and time again. Not only that, it's like none of us are paying attention, but simultaneously, you can sweat, like you can move an eyewitness account to whatever you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Where like you sit with somebody and they're nervous and they're being talked to by the police and they've got a little bit of adrenaline going and something terrible has happened. Like where it's like, oh, this store got robbed or whatever, and it's like they're still like replaying it in their head and they're freaked out. And then you go. Are you sure that they were uh, five eight? Couldn't they have been six two? Yeah. And then they go. And then they go. I mean, they could have been. I mean, I don't. And then know. do they say so. there's there's twenty five thousand dollar reward money in the balance? Yeah. Oh, yeah. whatever height you want them to be. Oh yeah, didn't these three eyewitnesses yes. all get yes. paid yes. money? Yes, they got. They they took the reward money. Oh my god, this is so they sketchy. They all this story. got paid, and you know that's what? Why, yeah, that's good on them. Good on them. <laughs> that's the American way. That's the American dream. <laughs> is is I sat, I lied to police officers. <laughs> and she said I that got, on camera. She was like, I'll tell them anything if they're going to give me money. Of course. <laughs> well, I like that. The other woman, they're scum. They're just scum. Oh, she was great. They're just pure scum. That, w- guy, that woman was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I wanted more out of her as well, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah, I would have said a whole documentary on her would have been good. My favorite person in the entire thing was, uh, was, the, um, was the lawyer for... Um, for the 28 year old guy oh yeah okay who he like who the one who ended up where it's like he went into town or whatever and it's like and it's like the kkk already knew where he was oh yeah (laughs) immediately because my favorite thing about him was 
that this is this entire story is absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the get go, from anything in it, it's absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And then you have this moment where you realize that it's like it's a world that's been generated that everybody in it thinks is normal. <laughs> like it's like when you see like a farce of a movie, and it's like everybody in it is just like, yeah, this is just how this works. And then there's one guy who's like, what yeah. <laughs> is yeah. happening? That was, that was that guy. Yeah. And that's who that guy is, is that he like walked into the middle of this thing and he's like, I just thought I'd be a sensible lawyer, right. but apparently everyone involved with it's this one, case and is the one, insane. It's the one character in a Kafka story who's going, wait, what? What's going <laughs> yeah, on? Exactly. Like, this is how things and go this, here? And it's like, was, yeah, why? what do you mean? Of course it's like well, and he's like, And he's just like, you know, this is not how everywhere runs. Yes. Like, there are other places that don't run like this. This is not how this is supposed to go. But apparently he was so disgusted he got out of law after the case. Yeah, he Which got out right. of you, you, like, you felt for the guy. The you guy, did. The guy actually seemed to have a soul. He had uh-huh. integrity. And he was screwed being in this story. He saw this, like the weight of this thing and he walked away. He was like, I can't. I'm not going to work in that world when stuff like this happens. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I just want to make a quick, quick thing uh Randall Adams said if there was ever hell on earth, it would be Dallas. Mm-hmm. And so this is 1970s Dallas, and I had just finished reading I a little agree, while and ago. I've never even been to Dallas. <laughs> I'm starting to wonder what's going on with Dallas, too, because I read 112263, which was a Stephen King book about the guy going back in time trying to prevent the Kennedy assassination. And the character says, and Stephen King did a lot of research for this book, and he said that Dallas at that time, like 1960, 1961, just a crazy place. Still like the Wild West, people getting shot. In bars and stuff like some fu- of them presidents, fights, some of them presidents. <laughs> yeah, like, like this was a really rough, crazy place, you know. And yeah. this is only ten years, twelve years later. Absolutely, yeah. It's the, the same people. Yeah, it's the same people, a little bit older, more mm-hmm. scars, you know. Mm-hmm. They, uh, there's a good quote in there uh, from from one of the late of the appeals attorney says, "Prosecutors in Dallas have said for years any prosecutor can convict a guilty man. It takes a great prosecutor to convict an innocent man." Yeah, that's a common that's, yeah. saying. That, that's, that, that's like they're proud of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's troubling. It's scary. It was really, it was like a Cormac McCarthy thing, man. Yeah. It really was d- down there. Well, that was, I mean, that's, whenever I watch, like, <clears throat> whenever I watch uh, Thin Blue Line or uh, Making a Murderer type of thing or Central Park 5, any of these ones where it's like, where, and it seems to amaze people every time one of these documentaries or series or whatever comes out where it's like, where it's like the police convicted an innocent person. <laughs> is that I'm like? Is that I'm like, guys? This is like an all the time thing. Yeah, yeah. like this time. is like. And a, the further back you go, the more common it was. Yes, and Did, and simultaneously, even now, the thing is, is that it's like, like you know, one of my one of my favorite like you've got to be fucking kidding me things uh, that they that exists now is because it's now it's mostly drug stuff. Is uh is have you guys ever heard of uh ghost dope? No, no. So there's there's people that are sitting in Rikers Island right now, um, <clears throat> or in in different I like places how you around that the country. Yeah. Stephen pointed like I don't That's know is Rikers that way. I think it that is kind of. I think it's direction. that way. I think it is actually. Uh, but there are people that are sitting in Rikers Island or different prisons around the country where what it is is that they were in prison already. And then while they were in prison, somebody accused them of being in possession or selling large amounts of of heroin or cocaine or whatever. And then the case and then the state started making a case against them for this new thing 
They never found the drugs. They never saw the drugs. They only have eyewitness account that the drugs existed. And then they go, look, you can take it to trial and you might be able to beat it. But if you don't beat it, <clears throat> you're going to get 30 years to life. You can take a plea bargain. We'll give you only five more years on your stint. Oh, and the thing is, is that there are guys that are sitting in prison right now who were accused of ghost dope and the and the the time period through which they were they were accused of it. Mm-hmm. They were in prison <laughs> where it's like where it's like on oh, June 6th, 1995, yes. you sold 30 kilos of cocaine and they're like. <laughs> June 6th, 1995, I was in prison here for the crime I'm still in prison <laughs> Cell for. Block did, did four. I, did right I say now. June? Did I say June? Did no, I, say June? I, didn't, I didn't mean Well, no, <laughs> and, then they're like, and then they're like, yeah, but can you beat the case? And it's like... <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, is that these are guys who have no money. Yeah. They have no representation. They don't have... They, they have nothing that's there. And then they go, well, I'm, I'm supposed to get out in four years, but I could take a plea bargain for another five, and with good behavior, I'll probably get out in like six years... Or I could do thirty to life if I lose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll just take the extra that's, couple years. That's prosecutor and they're in. Kafka yes, man. and the thing is, is that it's like, is that we we watch these documentaries and it's like, and it's like, oh my, I can't believe that this innocent person might have gone to prison. <laughs> and it becomes this moment where it's like, nah, there's innocent people in prison all the time. Like, yeah. well, that's the thing about a for profit there are also prison people. system. You need to keep people in there. Yeah, yeah you got to keep it moving. Well, yeah. you, uh, I will say this is. I will say this is in the cots. I will say this is is that we have we have a piece coming out about uh, criminal defense attorneys uh, with my work uh, that's coming out in in the next couple of weeks and I will say this is is that when I was talking to the producer about it she was like what I've learned I was like I was like what's the main thing that you've like picked up from this entire thing and she was like oh yeah there are people that are a hundred percent guilty that get off like well, yeah <laughs> like that's the other thing. again <laughs> the further back you go it was easy to get away with crimes yeah. back back yeah the, the this is one that was a that's a Netflix one that everyone should stream that we talked about on our podcast is the H H Holmes uh, America's yeah. oh first serial God, killer. Yeah. That guy killed two hundred people. That was the guy with the that house? was the guy who built a hotel specifically to kill people. Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes, just, yes. Devil, yeah, the, the white devil in the, in the big city. Yeah, yeah. He's doing a Scorsese film. It's going to come out. That's but that, be, that is one of the most interesting stories that you could ever imagine. That I'm guy was for that. so nuts. But yeah. a genius. He was an evil, capitalistic, serial killer genius. He, he was making a profit on serial killing. Well, he must have, if, if nothing else, designing a hotel is really hard. So he must have been <laughs> smart enough to do that. Well, not if you don't care about fire exits. All That's you care about is a shoot to the basement. Well, yeah, if you, yeah, how, a regular hotel. How, how Irish can you get that he's Did you like, see those it's a capitalistic... <laughs> And you're like, yeah, but the construction. Yeah, but that engineering, though. <laughs> yeah, the construction that spiral on that. That spiral staircase. Uh, you ever install he's a very smart. But, that, but that's part of his genius, too, is that this this is quite serious. He had guys construct it, and he would fire them every week and claim they were doing shoddy work. That way, nobody ever knew what the whole project was. Right. Yeah. And plus, he never paid. The guy never paid for the damn thing because he just, every week, you guys are fired. You're doing a horrible job. Then he bring in new people that's who smart. didn't know it was already done. The guy paid nothing for the hotel. It's like, look, it's like Donald Trump. Okay, you just <laughs> you it's like, how great shoddy would it work, be? shoddy work as you go, and then at the end of the entire thing, you go, "I'm bankrupt." <laughs> you just 
really, really, you gotta, you gotta talk to your tax lawyers. You gotta talk to your to your bankruptcy lawyers, and you just take, you, you take very strategic bankruptcies along the way where you nice. retain assets but don't have to deal with any of the bullshit. But how great would it be if it's you know, like Trump Castle was a murder hotel, and Donald Trump? Yes. Was a, that would be great. Yeah, but if he's killing all those people, he's got to take, I mean, take, a he- take some hair, man. Take I some will hair, say, scalp yes. somebody. Come on. I will say this, though, is is that when Mitt, when Mitt Romney was running, I, I, used to have a, I used to have a bit where I would get on stage that I hate that I can't use anymore, which is, which is, uh, which is that I would just be like, Mitt Romney has the dead eyes of a psychopath, right? Because he's a multi, he's like a billionaire, so also, like, he's got, like, a, like a girl with a dragon tattoo murder room somewhere. Yeah. Like just Hard that like basement <laughs> weird like I'm gonna string you up and kill you because I want to see life leave your body. <laughs> that exists. You know when you That's say that one. it kind of turns me on. I, I say I say we lose the podcast we go out and kill someone. Thrill killing. Come on guys. Do you think you could get away with killing someone? I think I could. No. Like a stranger, Not like these, a total stranger. It's just really hard it just done and getting d- away with it. DNA is problematic. Yeah, but I will wrap myself in Saran wrap, head no, to toe, you drive five hours away find a vagrant, kill them, bury them, and be gone all in like six hours. You sound like you've done this before. That's the show for this week. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, final thoughts, guys. I want to say something again. Looking at this simply cinematically, is it entertaining, that sort of thing? It was really dramatic, and I really loved it. It it had that bit of uh, 80s corniness Mm. where some of the camera angles from the top down and the siren taking up the whole screen. But you know what? I really like that aspect of it. The reenactments in this were corny but yeah. they were good for like they really I really dug it. You know you know why they were why they were good. Why? Or why they worked is because nobody talked in them. Yeah. Yeah, good point. That's true. They they used voiceover of people telling what happened uh of people just talking and in, in their interview and then they like replayed it. Yeah, you mm-hmm. don't want to give the reenactment actors too right. much pressure. Yeah. Right. Well, no, because because the thing is that sometimes people. it's like, oh, History Channel uses them for different things. Is that it's like, yeah, and sometimes they talk, and so, that's a bad idea. No. Like, okay. don't give somebody who is who like works who like doesn't really act that often. <laughs> like, they are not the best actor in the world, and now you made them like. George Washington, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they need to like like convince me that like they're gonna go fight in Valley Forge or whatever. No, right. don't do that. It's <laughs> a bad idea. Yeah, all um, the reenactments I loved. Uh, the interviews were great. The final the final interview, which is just shown, it's just a tape recorder running on the table, which I thought was a great choice to do. Turns yeah. out it wasn't a choice. That's His right. camera broke the yeah. day of. Ah. Like how perfect yep. though, you know. But it looked great. It looked and, great, and it was so powerful yeah. in the scene. You're looking at the the recorder, and you're hearing the voice. I'd rather not and, see uh, Harris's yeah. face during that scene. You, know, you know what I mean? You know what? Just cinematic filmmaking, just in terms of that, a great moment there, just visually, is when they're talking to Harris, and he's a very charming young man, well spoken. Seems yeah. seems like a nice fellow for a guy he who's does. like a, a a serial uh, maniac. The moment where he like lifts up and you see the cuffs. Oh yes, that's a very powerful moment because yeah, yeah. it reminds you, hey, this guy's kind of a douchebag. Well, it yeah. reminds. First of all, the background looks like a nightclub almost mm-hmm. for some reason, and he's wearing the orange jumpsuit. But you're only in those days, him. orange shirt. Well, you, everybody had one. Well, I, I honestly, John, <laughs> John, Stephen, I everybody's not got an know. orange polyester shirt. Sure, I got one. Of those. I did not honestly Huck-a-poo. know that he was Huck-a-poo. wearing a prison jumpsuit. I thought he was just wearing like I didn't know if he was out yet or anything until they lifted. Yeah, until he scratches his head and you see those handcuffs. 
and it's yeah, it's a great. That's an impactful scene yeah. visually. Uh, any final thoughts, guys? This is this was good. I really enjoyed this. You should watch this movie if you haven't seen it. Uh, no, I mean it's uh, it's it's really good. It's a it's a good movie, and it saves you twelve hours of your life over making a murderer. Very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then you don't get to listen to Stephen Avery <laughs> talk. <laughs> this has this, see you know what this is this has that like the difference between this and making a murder other than the lengthy hours and the payoff mm-hmm. is uh which is the majority <laughs> of everything uh is that in this movie you get to listen to people go you get to listen to people go well I didn't think that I was going to you know I just I went to the movies with him and then went home and I watched uh watched Mary Tyler Moore and then I I went to bed whereas in in making a murder you get to listen to people go Go, oh, well, I was over there. and uh, <laughs> It just depends on what actor you Do you like you Fargo? Went, uh, or do you like, you know? I went, yeah. uh, you know, I was I played video games, and then I went over and I... Uh, <laughs> what kind of townie I do you want to watch? Right? Yeah, it's really like what kind of townie slash drifter slash kind of weird dude <laughs> would yeah. you like to watch? And in any event, it's like people that you're really kind of nervous that they're out there, regardless. Yeah. But you know they are. Yeah. In of droves. Of course they are. Uh, yeah. John, thank you so much for being on. Thank you for picking fun. this movie. This is good. I would never another movie yeah. that I would have never seen this. I would have no chance I would have ever watched this had I not done this podcast. So thank you very much for that. Uh, listen to go back and listen to the full frontal radio episodes. They're out there. They're fun. They're dark. Listen to the H H Holmes one. Listen. To the we H. did H H Holmes. We were gonna like spend two minutes on it. We ended up spending like forty five minutes on the guy. There's a lot to talk <laughs> about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you again for being on. Next week, I don't know what the pick is next week, but we'll have an. I don't know what the pick week. is next week either. And uh, thanks for listening. Again, subscribe on iTunes. Tell your friends. Leave us a comment. Tweet at us at Flix Book Club. Everybody say goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.